0: know what that means when you hear that music it's another episode of the last word hey everybody Laz coming at you and episode 20 is underway and man i am fired up this week yeah i know you're probably sitting there saying uh what else is new Laz?" yeah well i can't help it i'm a passionate guy and anyway let's get right into it let's get it on you know over the last week i've seen exactly what i expected from the left calls for acceptance regarding the election. And I know I say it often, but I am really sick and tired of the hypocrisy. And I came across a post on social media that I thought explained exactly what so many of us as conservatives are feeling right now. So I thought, you know what? I'll share it. Now, the author is unknown, so we don't know who wrote this, but the words and the sentiment behind this is so poignant and so dead on that it absolutely needs to be shared. So to whoever wrote this, kudos to you. Here goes. Dear former Vice President Biden, Although I refuse to listen to it, I understand that during your presidential acceptance speech, you were calling for the unity of Trump supporters. I remember four years ago, my President Trump also called for unity, and how congressional members of your Democratic Party responded by boycotting his inauguration. I remember how you and your Democratic Party cheated and used the greatest law enforcement institution of this country to spy on my president's campaign. I remember how you and your Democratic Party created a fake Russian dossier to try to impeach my president. I remember how your Speaker of the House ripped up my president's beautiful State of the Union speech on national television. I remember how you and your Democratic Party tried to impeach my president over a Ukraine phone call while you were in bed with them. You accused my president of pay to play. Remember, Joe? Come to find out, it was really you and your son, Hunter. I remember how you and your Democratic Party blamed President Trump over a pandemic that he had nothing to do with. I remember how you and your Democratic Party falsely and dangerously painted me and 70 million-plus Americans as racist and hateful, for four years straight. I remember how you and your Democratic Party encouraged rioting and looting of the great United States of America. I remember how you and your Democratic Party used the media to spread lie after lie about my president and his supporters. This Trump supporter remembers all of that, Joe, and will not be unifying with your Democratic Party. This Trump supporter will be giving you the same respect, you and your supporters gave my president. Wow. Yeah, look, yes, I think people should be respectful of one another. That said, it's my opinion that this election, these candidates have made the proverbial line in the sand more prevalent than ever before. In my opinion, we have been faced with a national conversation surrounding topics that weren't as heavily debated, personal freedoms, our constitution, morals, values, attacks on Christianity and Judaism, rampant and blatant hypocrisy on the part of the media, rampant and blatant hypocrisy on the part of the left. I could go on, but won't. The point here is that these topics, for many, invoke a very strong emotion. I know they do for me, and I'm at a point in my life where I can disagree with you and be respectful about it, but I don't have to continue to allow you, royal you, to be a part of my life and cause drama. Because at this age, it's simply not important for me to have a ton of friends who would question my morals and values while standing and supporting the very ideals that I so vehemently will and do stand and fight against. Life is too short. And they simply aren't worth it. I've said it for years. If you have someone in your life that causes you more drama or agony and pain than happiness, then you have a choice. It's your life. If you choose to allow them to remain a part of it, then you deserve what you get. And I can and I have chosen me, my life, my sanity, each and every time without one Damn regret. Now back to the election. Of course, the Dems are still calling for Trump to concede, which is ridiculous to me. Whether you believe there is evidence or not is irrelevant. If there's something to be investigated, then the process needs to take place before any concession. Does anyone remember the Bush-Gore election? Gore didn't concede until December 13th of 2000. And there was only one state in question, and that was, of course, Florida. Now, we have one of the most heavily contested elections that I have ever seen where multiple states are in question, and yet the left and their cronies in the lying lamestream media are calling Biden president-elect and saying that we should accept the outcome. Oh, how convenient their memories are. What a bunch of hypocrites. In addition to that, I've seen multiple posts on social media, some from people who I would consider relatively intelligent, asking where the evidence is regarding the fraud and vote tampering. There is evidence across the country of dead people voting, including in Philadelphia, by the way, where voter fraud has run rampant for years, not just this year, virtually every year, virtually every election. Also in Pennsylvania, the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania illegally overstepped its bounds by extending the voting deadline that the Supreme Court of the United States had extended by three days. But then the Pennsylvania Supreme Court extended it past that. So look it up, all you naysayers. They don't have the legal authority to do that, hence the challenge by the Trump administration. Also, there are sworn affidavits where supervisors were told to backdate ballots in Erie, Pennsylvania. Those are just a few examples of the evidence that is out there, and it's being ignored by the lying lamestream media and the left. And oh, by the way, you probably saw this week that the Washington Post reported uh, their headline said, postal worker recanted allegations of ballot tampering, officials say. And then the New York Post counteract that and, and effectively debunked it with their headline that says the USPS whistleblower denies the report that he recanted voter fraud claims. So it's it's ridiculous. It's No one really knows what to believe, and that's part of the problem, and I get that. But let me let me throw this out there. Here's some more leftist anti-Trumper hypocrisy for you, okay? If a conservative makes a statement about the election fraud and cites examples of the evidence that's been given and then advises others, hey, go look it up for yourself, they are immediately met with comments like, yeah, go look it up means you don't have anything. Well, here's a thought. Maybe I'm not going to do the damn research for you. Maybe as an example of the uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court, you should go back and look up what the court can and can't do. And while you're at it, you might want to freshen up on what the legislative branch of a state can do, especially in PA. Meanwhile... For four years, all we've heard about was Russian collusion, which was a load of crap. The only people colluding with Russia appears to have been Joe and Hunter Biden. And we have proof of over 30,000 emails that Hillary deleted. We have proof that the Obama-Biden administration spied on the Trump campaign. But, you know, to libs, that's just no big deal. They simply ignore it. The truth is that they couldn't give two shits about the truth. They want to push the false narrative and tell their truth. The left has become the most militant, anti-truth, anti-American, pro-riot, pro-looting party in the history of this country. And it's disgusting. So, to those that are calling for the president to concede. How about no? Yeah, I say hell no. There's nothing for him to concede. There are still investigations and lawsuits happening to this very day. If Al Gore can take over 30 days to concede based on the count in one state, then our sitting president can take a few weeks at least to allow the process to play itself out. At the end of the day, if he loses, he loses. Then and only then will I say concede. Exactly. Exactly. By the way, during this time, I haven't seen one riot, not one protest, not one case of conservatives rioting and looting. Have you? Of course not. Why? Because it's not our thing. That's the liberals' game. They whine and they cry and they have meltdowns on social media. They riot and they loot and they burn down and destroy their very own cities. More of that sound liberal logic for you. All the while terrorist Marxist organizations like BLM and Antifa encourage and celebrate it, as do many on the left. And mark my words, if the president wins these court battles, if the evidence provided is enough to show that voter fraud and vote tampering that took place illegally favored Biden, liberals' heads will explode. You can expect, again, widespread looting and rioting. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not encouraging it. I'm saying that it's my belief That they, the snowflake liberals, are so incapable of dealing with something not going their way that they are so out of touch with reality that I predict that they will start up with their despicable behavior once again. We've seen it before, and we know that it's their M.O. What a bunch of crybabies. (coughs) And that brings me to what I believe is the real fundamental difference between liberals and conservatives. The ability to accept it when things don't go your way. The understanding that childish, thuggish, and criminal behavior is not the way that adults act or conduct themselves in a civilized society. I'll leave you this week with a few questions to ponder. I want you to ask yourself, why is it that the left and the lying lamestream media are so up in arms at the mere fact that Trump is acting well within his rights by calling for recounts, challenging voter fraud, and ballot tampering and filing lawsuits? Why are they more upset about these legal actions than they were about the rampant and despicable, to use their word, deplorable destruction of our cities and towns that they caused? I mean, we know for a fact, there's that word again, they hate it, fact or facts, but we know for a fact that there was widespread looting, rioting, fires set Innocent people injured and killed, police officers targeted targeted, excuse me. so why I ask you, is this acceptable to the left? Why were conservatives the first one to contemn this behavior? and only after weeks of pressure and having been called out on it did only some on the left denounce it. Finally, why are they not willing to let the process play out when multiple states are in question? yet when it suited them in 2000, the country had to wait over 30 friggin days when only one state was in question. And even after Florida was called for Bush, by the way, if you happen to remember, we had to then explain to them how the Electoral College works and that the President of the United States isn't elected by popular vote. Well, I believe you know the answer. And I believe I can sum it up in one word. And it's one that you should be familiar with as a listener to this show. You want to take a guess what it is? I guarantee those of you who have become a proud member of Last Nation will know it. I said it at the very beginning of this show. Are you ready? Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy explains virtually every thought and move that the left and the lying lamestream media have and make. And it is my opinion that it's why you continue to see a divide between the left and the right And it's also why I believe you won't see any real unity in the near future. Because we are faced with a generation upon generation of those on the left who have grown up eating, breathing, sleeping, living in in the world of hypocrisy. And they simply don't care and they won't care to act or be any other way. And that's the last word. Oh, what is that? Oh, yeah. Palmer Billy's back. What's going on, buddy? It's been a couple of weeks, man. What is happening? Hey, lads, what's happening, buddy? Yeah, I'm happy to be back, man. I know it's been a couple weeks. Just been, you know, real busy. Had a lot of stuff going on. And uh, first thing that I want to get to, though, is I am ecstatic today. Okay, cool, man. What are you uh, all excited about? Well, I posed the question to John from Down the Ocean, and he didn't want to step in the ring and mix it up with the brawler, the big-time champion, Balmer Billy. Yeah, round one, Balmer Billy. Ding, ding, John from Down the Ocean. Okay, so we switched from the whole tennis match metaphor to boxing match now? All right, well, listen, I know John from Down the Ocean would probably prefer... The boxing match uh, metaphor, because uh well, I know he happens to be a big rocky fan and he's uh, often quoting lines from Rocky. so that said, um, I think he'll appreciate that he'll he'll get a kick out of it. So round one, Balmer Billy. Uh, so we still have to come up with a question for you to ask John from down the ocean. Do you have something in mind that you want to throw back at him for round two? Um yeah, I do, okay. All right, John, you're so smart from down the ocean. Okay, are you ready for this, John? See if you can answer this one, you punk. Okay, here we go. In Dundalk, since you like making so much fun of Dundalk, okay, in Dundalk, there's two absolutely famous, like the best, cheesesteak places that you can possibly go, okay? And I know that we've mentioned them on the show before. So I want you to tell me at least one of them, okay? You got to tell me one of, like, the most famous places in Dundalk that you can get a cheesesteak. Where is it, John, from down the ocean? Ooh, man, I definitely know the answer to that one, and I remember the episode you're talking about because I've had cheesesteaks from both of those places. So, yeah, John, what you got, buddy? See if you happen to know some good old cheesesteak knowledge in uh in good old Dundalk. So we'll wait to get your answer there, John from down the ocean. Awesome. Well what else do you got for us, Billy? What's happening in the world of Balmer Billy? Okay, okay. So I was doing some research and I found something really cool because you know, Pennsylvania has been in the news lately because of the election and all the mess that's going on there or whatever. So anyway, um I found something that is Marin and and Pennsylvania-related, not exactly Baltimore, but, you know, this is something that I thought I would share. Okay, so on November 15th, 1763, right, Charles Mason and Jeremiah Dixon began surveying for what, do you think, Les? Um, well, Mason and Dixon happen to be the reason that we have a Mason-Dixon line, which separates— the states of Pennsylvania and Maryland. That's right. Very good, lads. Why, thank you, teacher Balmer Billy. <laughs> yeah, so that's right. They began surveying for the Mason-Dixon line between Maryland and Pennsylvania on November 15th of 1763. So, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool, man. And I, um, I didn't know the actual date, but I knew obviously Mason and Dixon, um, hence the Mason-Dixon line. So, and, and interestingly enough, we talked about how in 1767, um, October 18th of 1767, that the Mason-Dixon line was actually agreed upon. So they started surveying in 1763, but it wasn't until about basically four years later that they actually agreed upon the line, and it was, um, it was finished. So that's pretty awesome. Good stuff, man. Good follow-up, Billy, because we had talked about that, I think, an episode or two ago. Um, or a couple episodes, I guess, because you haven't been here in a, a couple of weeks. So that's pretty cool, man. So what else you got there for us, brother? What's going on? Okay, so I'm taking this back to the um, inaugural... the uh, You know, the the first episode that I did. The inaugural episode? Is that, is that what you were trying to say? Yeah, you know what I'm saying, man. The first damn episode I did on the show. Anyway, what I'm saying is that when i first came on the show um we had a name for my segment do you remember yeah we were going to call it and we do call it troll talk with balmer Billy. now we haven't had a whole lot of trolls um uh, most of our listening audience is in fact well uh in tune and in line with what we you know what we say and support you know the information that we put out there and tend to be a little more on the conservative side but there are certainly the trolls out there. So, yes, Troll Talk is the name of it. What what do you got going on? Okay, so you posted a picture of um the stuff that Governor Hogan said, you know, we have to do now. Like, you know, indoor dining capped at 50% and you have to have um, gatherings of 25 people or less. You know, basically he was saying there was a warning against indoor gatherings of 25 people or more. They want you to avoid out-of-state travel for right now and that all state employees for the state of Maryland um, are going to be doing uh, teleworking. Yeah, I remember that post. It was just, um, in fact, I think it was just like two days ago I put that up because that's when uh, Governor Hogan made the ridiculous announcement about all this garbage. So yeah, yeah, what's up with that? Well, there wasn't a whole lot of negative comments on the, the post but uh, you know as well as I do, we got a little email about that uh, that came in from the show and or came into the show about your post, and you pissed off a couple people. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Whatever. It happens. It's part of the gig, man. So anyway, I just thought maybe you might want to address some of that because I, I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, I agree. The trolls are typically funny. Even in their emails, uh, they get all... They get their panties all in a bunch, and it's hysterical. But uh, that said, I'll say this much about the post. Look, here's the bottom line, okay? This is just my opinion, all right? I believe, and it is my opinion, that Governor Hogan is a joke. I think he has proven to be a big disgrace to not only the party, but to the state of Maryland. And the reason is because he has shown time and time again that he doesn't care about the economics and about businesses here in Maryland. Now, his argument is probably going to be that he cares about lives more than businesses and economics. And, yeah, everybody does if you have a heart, Larry, okay? But the bottom line is this. This disease, this this flu, okay, it has over a 99% recovery rate. And at the end of the day, we are starting to see... People recover more and more, and the fact is that you're locking down these businesses or you're reducing their capacity, and it is my belief that we are headed towards potentially at least another lockdown here in Maryland because our governor is an absolute disgrace and placates to the lying lamestream media, and the liberal nutbags that are scared out of their mind about this damn virus. I've said it before. I'll say it again. We need to get back to business. We need to open up Maryland. We need to open up the United States. We need to get back to our normal lives and be cautious, but not be consumed by this damn virus. And rant. That's it. Whoa. All right, lads. Well, yeah, man. Um... I think you said what you had to say there. I was waiting for you to say, and that's the last word. <laughs> yeah, I, you only get one, that's the last word, in every episode, and I already said it. But if I could have said it there, I would have, because that's what I believe, man. It's just ridiculous that we're even in this scenario. So anyway, man, are you sticking around to close out the show? or are you headed out? You got somewhere to be? What's up? Oh, no, I'm sticking around because I got one more thing to say, and it's to John from Down the Ocean and anybody else that wants to challenge the great Balmer Billy. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. All right, John, we posed a question this week, so we are expecting an answer as soon as you can probably Google it because God knows you don't know nothing, so I'm sure you don't know it off the top of your head. So go ahead there, buddy. You just answered a question, and you email it in to me and Laz, and uh, we'll see who wins this round. Okay? You punk? <laughs> <laughs> I love it when you call him a punk. It cracks me up, man. So uh, is that is that all you got this week? Yeah, I just wanted to get John's go. He knows that I'm just joshing with him. I think we're probably going to end up being friends, man. But, hey, you know what? It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. It is a lot of fun. And I think the listeners get a kick out of it. I got a couple emails actually They get a kick out of when you get real fired up and and, and you start yelling at them. So anyway, that said, uh, hey, you want to help me close out the show here? I do. And I'm going to tell you that this week the show, The Laz Word, is brought to you by A Night to Remember Entertainment. And you can check those guys out because they're the best in the business around Balmer. That's for sure. They are the greatest DJ and karaoke business around. And they will make your night, what Laz, A Night to Remember. That's right, lass. a night to remember, baby. And go right on Facebook in the search box. Search the at symbol, number one, great DJ, and you will get right to their page. That's at one great DJ. And it takes you right to a night to remember. Be sure to contact, the, contact those guys because they are the best in the business. Yeah, they really are. They've been doing it for quite some time, and they will take care of you. Tell them that the last word sent you, and you'll be sure to have a great night and another night to remember. So, Uh, That's going to close us out this week. Thank you so much for coming back. Billy, thank you for coming back and listening each and every week. Be sure to check us out on the web at thelasword.com. You can get us on our email at thelasword at gmail.com and Facebook and Instagram at thelasword and, of course, on Twitter at thelaswordpod. As always, I know your time is valuable, and I appreciate you spending a little bit of it with me. Take care, everybody. God bless, and we'll talk to you soon.